0: Well, we are in our fourth week here at Lake Point Church in our Brace Yourself series, a title that actually came from a dream, and uh, we've had a few people have the same dream, and uh, this particular dream actually uh, was verified and confirmed with one of our uh, one of our children in the, within this church, of a family in this church, and others as well outside of our church, and so we just felt like God was... God was giving us a message, giving not just us, Lake Point Church, but the church. And so um, I think God wants us to brace ourselves for what's coming. So what what does brace yourself mean? And, I mean, it could mean different things for different people, or it could be you're going to go about buy a bunch of guns and ammo if you can find any, you know, or maybe you're going to go buy an RV and, and move away somewhere, or maybe stockpile food or, or transfer funds, whatever that looks like. That may be the way you brace yourself. That's a, the carnal mind way of bracing ourselves, but I really believe that God's message to brace ourselves to the church is on a spiritual Level, and we talked about that. We opened the series with bracing ourselves with the armor of God, and bracing ourselves with uh, with this full armor uh, that we have um, that we talked about in week one. And it's not about uh, protecting our family and our finances and our physical well being. It's really our biggest concern is to stand firm in our faith during this time. That's really the bottom line. During this Brace Yourself season that we're in right now and moving forward, we, are, uh, we need to stand firm in our faith. And in the second week, we talked about bracing ourselves in prayer, prayer that is powerful and persistent and, and with great uh, purpose. And we, we looked at a couple of verses there in Ephesians chapter 6. We encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. Last week, we were blessed by our Discipleship Pastor Jim Houston who preach a great message about bracing ourselves together in fellowship and how it's important for believers to come together. I love this verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in their habit of doing, But encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love how our church is unified, our leadership, our elders. We're unified in the fact that, hey, we need to meet together. Now, meeting together not only means you're right here in this room, but you're joining us online. And know this, if you're joining us online, we value Greatly that you're with us. We believe that you are with us in spirit. And I know that uh, there are those who can't be here because of uh, underlying health situations or whatever, but know this, we value the fact that you are joining us and we are here together. But let me tell you this, the church, we have an obligation. We have an obligation to lift one another up together in fellowship, and to encourage one another, to meet our needs together. The Bible talks about that, how we need to be in fellowship, and there's no way you can brace yourself on your own, okay? Church, make sure you understand that. During this season, if you're trying to brace yourself on your own, you're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to feel all alone, and you're and, and you're not really going to have the encouragement of your fellow believers in the Lord. So today, what are we talking about today? We're talking about how to brace ourselves with the word of God, the word of God. And um, when, as we go down this message, I got, I've got three sort of um, areas or points about the word of God. First of all, we have the powerful word of God. Now, we all know that when we open up this book These words can bring power. These words are alive. But it's not only just with the truth that is in God's Word. It's also with the Spirit. And you have to have both. You have to have Spirit and you have to have truth in order to get the full effect and the power of God's Word. God's Word is powerful when we combine its words of truth and the Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We see this in the story of, of Jesus and the and the, good, and the uh, Samaritan woman. So Jesus and his disciples are, are traveling and they go through Samaria and he's at a well and so the disciples go back into town and it's the middle of the day and the Samaritan woman comes out And she's living a life of shame which is recognized by the fact that you don't go get water in the heat of the day. She does that in order so that people won't see her except that the Son of God is there meeting her and to help her understand something very important. First of all, God's grace can overshadow all of her sin and all of her shame. Number two, that he is the Son of God, he is the Messiah and that he is living water that will never run dry. And the third thing, he talks about spirit and a truth. We see this in John chapter 4. If you have your copy of God's word, we can look at John chapter 4, verse 21 through 26. If you don't have your copy of God's word, we're going to have it on the screen. And obviously, if you're watching online, we have this as well. But John chapter 4, verse 21. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming... When you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. I love this. He's talking about the church. He's talking about us. Okay, right? You, Samaritan, worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit, the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, okay, in the Spirit And in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus drops the mic right here. says, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I'm the Messiah, the one you've been waiting for, the one you've been uh, talking about, and the one that the prophets spoke of long ago. And so Jesus basically um, has this conversation to this realize that, that we need to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, they weren't talking about a worship service. Okay, obviously in worship we, we have uh, the truth found in the, in the songs and the lyrics and, and what we're saying and obviously in the scripture that we're doing today. And the the spirit, that the spirit's going to move in that, okay? There are some things that the band, you don't know this, the band did different live than they had in rehearsal. You know why? The spirit led them. (laughs) The spirit led them to do that. And that is spirit and a truth. So they're not talking about a worship service. What they're talking about is a life of worship. The life of worship. Jesus wants us, uh, our lives to be focused with a spirit and truth. So what does that exactly mean? Where, where does the truth come from? I mean, what, what is truth? Well, we see this in James 1.18. It says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. There it is. The word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So the, the, the truth the word, this is truth. Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Our life of worship should include, should include a balanced diet of spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It's got to be both. If you're, gonna, if you're going to brace yourself in God's word, you can't just read these words And not invite the Holy Spirit Not have the Holy Spirit In order to extract What the Holy Spirit is telling you What these words To apply these words in your life You need both Let me illustrate I have in my hand here A Twinkie Now we all love Twinkies If you don't love Twinkies You're just a ding dong But Twinkies are awesome I love these. Now, I'm not supposed to eat a bunch of these, but you're going to watch me eat a couple of bites of this. But what you note about a Twinkie, okay? So this Twinkie has a sponge cake, mmm, but it also has a cream filling. So it has a sponge cake and the cream filling. It has both. You can't have a Twinkie if all you have is a sponge cake. You can't have a Twinkie if all of you have is a cream filling. And so you want to make sure that you have both. It's not a Twinkie if it's not both. And so the the sponge cake has a form to it. It has a form. The cream filling doesn't have form, and it's inside. And so when you devour this Twinkie, you're not going to be able to devour this, twink, this Twinkie, just a sponge cake, without the filling. Because the filling is what helps you get through the Twinkie. If you've ever tried to eat a Twinkie, just a sponge cake, you won't be able to do it. You need the cream filling to get you through. And so this cream filling is something that will help you devour this Twinkie. Just like the Word of God, the Holy Spirit helps you to devour the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is the filling inside of us that helps us to devour the Word of God. It takes both. It takes the form of the Word, the truth, and it takes the spirit of the Holy Spirit. you You may have seen people who have tried to explain the Word of God. You may have seen people try to explain the Word of God who aren't believers, who don't have the spirit. And so as they try to explain the word of God with just God's word and without the spirit, it comes across as something that doesn't make sense. And as you're hearing people uh, share the word of God, you could tell, you know, there's something not right about that. There's something that's missing. What's missing of their interpretation and their application is the spirit of God. God we see a little bit of this in First Corinthians 2:14 The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit They are only discerned through the spirit So and if you are a believer you need to make sure you invite the Holy Spirit into this word of God And so this word of God If you read this word, and I'm talking to believers right now, if you're reading this word without inviting the Holy Spirit to come in, then you will have a legalistic view of God's word. Okay? If all you're eating is sponge cake, and if all you're eating is this truth with no spirit, with no cream filling, then you will have a legalistic view of God's word. It's important to invite the Holy Spirit to come visit with you to talk with you. Many times before I read uh, God's word, I will pray. In fact, I will say, "Frank, I call your spirit to attention." And I invite the Holy Spirit to speak to my spirit. So, what engages the spirit? Well, prayer. Prayer engages the Spirit. We, we saw this in week one in Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Make that with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. If you don't embrace yourself in the Spirit and in truth, you will eventually question God's Word. So make sure that you have Spirit and in truth. So we have the powerful word. How does this word become powerful? It becomes more powerful when it's combined with spirit and in truth. Second thing, we have the protective word of God, the protective word. Uh, We see this in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We also see in Isaiah 54.17, no weapon Forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is a heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Now, how about this in Psalm 32, 7? I love this. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with the songs of deliverance. Now, these are very powerful words from God's Word. It's a protective Word. It will protect you. But let me tell you another way God's Word protects you. During this crazy, hostile season, the Word of God protects you in such a way that I can deflect blame from me to the Word of God. Let me, get, let me illustrate with this. Many times I've sat down with my kids and I said, look, if you're in a situation where you're in a compromising situation and you don't know how to get out, you can fake a phone call and tell your friends, hey, my dad uh, is coming to pick me up or my dad wants me to come home and I'm sorry, I gotta go. Blame it on me. I will be glad to take the full blame if you're in a compromising situation. Same can be said for the word of God. Put full blame on God's word. God's word can handle that. You have full permission as a believer of Jesus Christ to put that. When people are mocking you or criticizing you for standing up for anything, I'm talking the complete word of God, then you can say, you know what? I, I, I believe God's word, but I'm not the one that said it. God's word said it. So if God's word said it, I believe it. And I live by that. And you can say, just you know, take it up with God. So that way, it takes the attack of the enemy and people who are mocking you or criticizing you away from you and puts it on the word of God. That's how the word can protect you during this season of brace yourself. So we have the powerful word of God combined with the spirit. We have the protective word of God. And then we have the personal word of God. This final way we can brace ourselves is to make God's word personal in your life. You're not going to be able to brace yourself if you don't make it personal. So let me explain it this way. Um, uh, Satan's oldest tactic is to get us to question the Word of God, to get us to question His Word. That is his oldest trick in the book. We see this in uh, the garden with uh, Adam and Eve, and we see this in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. So Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 3, we see this conversation with um, Satan and Eve. And it says this, Now the serpent, Satan, was more crafty than any other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So make, I want you to remember that part. Did God really say... You must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, now listen to this, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and, that's an important word, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not touch it or you will die. Now, let's go back and see just one chapter before what God said to Adam we see this in Genesis 2 verse 15 it says this the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it and the Lord God commanded the man you're free to eat from any tree in the garden but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for which you when you eat from it you will die now that's not really a direct exact quote that, um, that Eve shared with, with Satan. Those are different. In fact, Eve added some words to that. She added something else to the command. You know, Eve's perception of God is that he was trying to limit her rather than protect her. She adds to it. We do this today a little bit. We add some things to the, to the word of God. But let me tell you what, the Word of God is enough. The Word of God is definitely enough. So what happens here is this. Eve misquotes God's command. Now, why would Eve misquote God's command? Here's a reason why. Let me share the timeline. The timeline is this. God creates Adam God speaks the command, what we just read in chapter two, to Adam, and then God creates Eve. Eve got the command not from God. She got the command from who? Adam. She got the command from Adam. The word of God wasn't her own. It wasn't something that she got from the Lord, it was something that she got from someone else. When you and I devour God's Word, sponge cake, cream filling, when you and I devour God's Word, then we, we must make it ourselves, we must be, make it personal. Don't depend, now hear me out, don't depend on a youth pastor Don't depend on the pastor. Don't depend on your parents, your grandparents, your FCA leader, your Christian coach, whatever. Don't depend on them to give you the truth. Now, I'm not saying you can't listen to them. You need to listen to them, absolutely. Thank you for listening to me today. You need to listen to them, but you need to devour this by yourself. You've got to make this word personal. You've got to make this word personal. If not, it will cause you to doubt. It will cause you to doubt. Did you see what Satan, the word that Satan used in chapter 3? He said, did God really say? Did God really say? Did God really say that you are special? Uh, I don't know. Did God really say that he has a plan and a purpose for you? Uh, I don't know. Did God really say that he will forgive you of your sins if you confess? Uh, I don't know. Did God really say you are loved? I don't know. I don't know about all those things. The reason why people don't know, they haven't read it. They haven't read it. They need to take the word of God and make it personal. Make it real. Church, during this brace yourself season, if the word of God is not personal, you're not bracing yourself With the word of God. You're not. You need to get in a place where you are consuming God's word, the power with power, with the spirit of God's word, and that you are using it as a protection. Okay, God's word. This is better than any gun, any ammo. It is, it's the protection. Right here. The truth found in here. But you won't know the truth unless you read it. Well, my youth pastor told me. My pastor told me, or my FCA leader told me. (laughs) Huh. Because one day, Satan will come to you and will ask this question. Did God really say? Did God really say? And your response is, "Yeah, yeah, he did. It's found here in God's word. It's found here in God's word. I am loved. I am cared for. I have a plan. I was, I was looked after in in, in my mother's womb. I have. All, I mean, yes. I, there's a, there's a heaven for me. Jesus died. He rose." He's on his throne. Yes, I believe it. Why? Because I read it. And this book has got to be personal. If it's not personal, you are not bracing yourselves. Church, this is so important for you to understand. The word of God has to speak to you. The word of God has to speak to you. How does it speak? It speaks through power. As you consume it, through the form and the, and the spirit and the truth, you're able to read it to find protection against the, the enemy and you're able to make it personal. Do you know the word on a personal level? Do you know the word on a personal level? Can I tell you what? You're never going to apply this without the Spirit, and you're never going to have the Spirit unless you surrender your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm done. I surrender the white flag. I need you in my life, my Savior and my Lord. I need you in my life. This place. I need your words to speak to me, Father God. The only way to do that, accept Him as Lord and Savior. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we are talking through this, I um, I want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to receive that spirit. And the way you receive that spirit is to invite Jesus into your life. So if you're sitting here today or watching online, and you've never done that, and you're ready to cross the line of faith and to step over and say, yes, I'm ready, and I believe. If that is you, it's real simple. You just say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for messing up my life. I need a savior. I need to walk in power. I need your truth, and I need your spirit. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. In your most holy and precious name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would love to hear about it. You can send me an email at pastor at lakepointonline.com. If you're here today, I'd love to talk to you in the the lobby. But what we're going to do, whether you're watching online or or right here, I really want this to be a continuous moment of of, of worship, of spirit, and in truth. And so we're going to have just, we're going to do something a little bit different. The altar is going to be open. Open. Your, your chairs obviously are available for you to pray, but we're not gonna stand. We're not gonna sing. I mean, you can if you want. We're gonna, we're gonna sing a song about how God's word speaks to us. His word is alive, and the reason it's alive is because of the Holy Spirit. And so as we hear this song, I want this to just be a time of worship. Ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. While you're sitting here quietly, you can stand over here at the altar. You can kneel, whatever you want to do. You're watching online, kneel right there. Just have a moment of worship and ask the Holy Spirit for God's Word to speak, to speak clearly.
1: at a loss of words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing the noise and all that I need So please help me stay and rest in your holiness I'm finding myself at a loss for words But the funny thing is, it's okay
0: God, let your word speak to us. Let it be real as we devour your word in spirit and in truth. And your spirit helps us to press on through your word when we want to give up. Lord, we invite your spirit to help us with that. Lord, speak to us. Speak to us not just on Sundays, every day of the week. Let it be real as we embrace ourselves for what is coming. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I hope you got something out of uh, today's service. And I wanted to remind you that uh, for those who want to participate in marriage night, that is next week, go ahead and register. Hey, on your way out today, you get a reminder of, uh, of what we talked about, and you'll see as you leave. Love you guys. See you all next week.